0: to a brand new episode of vagina slims. For those who are new around here, my name is Lauren Rose and run this thing every 2 weeks. So, thanks for coming on back. Um yeah, consistency, it's crazy. I've been doing this, you know, since the pandemic started consistently um every other Friday. So, I'm pretty pumped that this this is finally happening. Um but yeah, 2020 is definitely a big swing and a miss and we're just we're going to go through some of the highlights from these past few weeks, not only my personal life, but also the world and just, you know, shoot the shit. But I definitely had sorry, there's a helicopter. I'm in LA. <laughs> uh Gross. um yeah i had a theme before like i want to do something spooky like about house um something dark and just kind of angsty which you know i did was able to include in terms of music um but yeah these past couple weeks have just been all about self-preservation and you know, I can be angry and upset with things, but I also know when it's a good time to just like melt away. So we're going to start off a little bit hard and then, you know, just cool off. Um, but yeah, I don't know between like Portland and Chicago and this CARES Act, if you're in the United States, you know, unemployment, what we're going to be doing, um, and just like interpersonal stuff, it's been kind of uh, messy so um, yeah, I don't know in particular, actually, before I go on, this episode is gonna kind of surround themes of sexual abuse or assault, so if you're not really in the red right uh headspace to deal with that kind of stuff, I would suggest maybe skipping this one, but um, this has kind of been a topic that I've been invested in since the beginning of this show. Um, you know, and this has been happening for a few weeks, at least, you know, in the music scene, like coming out about allegations and all of that stuff. But it just kind of surmounted into my personal life. And I'm like, Oof, like, I got to say something just because... With all the shit that's flying around, you know, I think it is important to stop and kind of, uh, you know, talk about those topics that hit a little close to home. So um, it's not going to be completely doom and gloom, but just wanted to make that um, aware for everybody. So. um, All right. Uh, I've been listening to a lot of King Cruel, um, his new ish album man alive is amazing so this song in particular was just really hitting um so yeah this is called stoned again by king cruel enjoy
1: One, another fucking junkie, wood Another fucking swag, a toy, a blind All is ill and strong, we swear to life
0: king cruel with stoned again so great um yeah he does this thing he has you know like saxophone in his music and i played alto saxophone first chair bitch <laughs> um eighth grade uh so that gets me but also it's like trip hop it's just darker and i don't know that whole song I've been there in that mood, just um, trudging along, like, I don't know. With all this stuff that's been coming up with the salt and all that stuff, it just makes me feel like um, how I used to feel back in Minneapolis um, before I kind of left there and started a new career and stuff. But on a weird note, stuff that's been keeping me calm is solitaire. I love that game. I also have, uh, this like Neopets account that I opened because we all, you know, we had our accounts with a a million Neopoints back in the day. And of course we all faked our age. So when they do that whole, like, what's your birthday thing? Like we had no idea. Um, so I had a new account I'm playing this solitaire game on neopets and it is so hard I've won like four times out of 200 times and every time I win I get a rush and I feel amazing <laughs> so it just like reminds me I was telling my friend like I just felt like I was in a casino like just in my room playing this game like nonstop, stop just trying to get my brain to not focus on all all this other you know shit that's going down but on the topic of casinos though I love them they are my happy place I do not gamble but purely just for like people watching it is so sad um, <laughs> sorry. um I don't know basically one day I I probably told this story in the past but I remember my friend Luke, who I love, love, love. um, We were probably at a show or something. It was at night and we were all hanging outside. And there's actually this person who I had a huge, huge, huge crush on. Um, Somehow we were talking that person. And uh, anyways, we all flipped a coin to figure out what we were going to do next. I think we were in the car at this point. My friend Luke was like, should we go to the casino, flip a coin? And it was over like an hour away. And it was probably like, God, I don't even know, like midnight. And uh, the coin said to go. So we went and I was just like mesmerized, like in the car, you know, driving, you know, blasting the music, just dark, you know, cornfields around us. And like seeing this person who I idolized next to me in the seat, I was on cloud nine. Um, Definitely a bizarre night, but yeah, casinos are great. Anyways, back to the the real stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of want to touch on, I'm sure you guys are aware, but these past few weeks it just it seems different because there's been a lot of allegations specifically towards the music community in all cities like I remember I saw this happen in June in Minneapolis and I just didn't want to get involved or just give too much like energy to it because that's like stuff that I i'm long gone from like i'm a new person like you know to be just crystal clear like i suffered an assault i did not do the assault to someone else um but now that it's kind of seeped into la and like a lot of popular bands um and just seeing how different cities have like kind of grabbed hold of the issue it's i don't know it was just really overwhelming because like I was ready to have this conversation like five years ago, like that was a reason why <clears throat> I started this podcast to begin with because I just felt like really isolated in my city because you know what I experienced. I don't know. It made me so anxious to go out to shows again because the person who did that to me was a drummer in a band um and it just led to this paranoia of like not being able to trust anyone feeling like embarrassed about what happened but also angry and spiteful and like to me like those are my dark years like definitely got into some dark stuff like in all facets like relationships after that you know I, I don't know how far I want to get into that but um it's just a bummer and there were a few times where I thought that I kind of had a voice and that people would listen and then it was like ghost town like cricket fill like and everyone just kind of clammed up real quick as soon as I wanted to say something and it's just really been making me question, like, personal narrative and how we kind of view ourselves and our past and how it really does shape the future, especially if you are a victim of an assault, you know? And it just, yeah, I can't help. Like, there's a huge part of me that just, like, side-eyes, like, all of this conversation. Um, because there's also another aspect now which wasn't as popular then which is like being on social media and having this um I don't know like if you have an account now between this and Black Lives Matter like even like I don't know companies like Glossier or something are like making statements about brutality and abuse but it's like how how much do we actually believe these people like is it a PR move you know um and also it's like I just feel like it's so easy to like post a black square or um write a couple posts about how you didn't know or you know you condemned the abuse but also low-key you were friends with people or you played with bands who um were those abusers and whether you knew it or not I'm just a very big believer in like you are the company you keep so in a sense like that's kind of isolated me because I'm very like I'm a I'm a nice person uh (laughs) sounds weird um I'm a friendly person but like to know me intimately like that's a privilege like that's not just like something that I give out because, yeah, people will put themselves before others 100%. So, yeah, it was just kind of hard and all this stuff came out because it's just a lot of um, trauma to just, like, unpack, you know? And I remember this happened in Minneapolis. Um, So I used to be, uh, like, an organizer. I helped put on these events called Take Back the Night, um, which was a kind of like a historic march against sexual assault. So I don't know the year exactly, um, maybe 2015, 2014. Um, but they were around the times when Black Lives Matter also was happening. So it was just, kind of, it was almost like an overload especially like I remember asking my friend to maybe MC for our event and she was just like totally emotionally wiped out because she was already kind of being the face of this Black Lives Matter movement there and it was like it's just it's a lot to put on people and I'm really to be clear like I am very happy this is coming out now in and even if I have, like, critiques about how people go about it, like, um, this might be, like, amazing for survivors, you know, for some survivors. Uh, but timing, like, woo, like, it should have been done years ago, you know, with everything that's going on now. But just when it all kind of explodes, like, every facet, and we are still fighting people who don't even fucking wear masks who don't care who are being openly racist um and terrible to other people like it's just a lot and I really hope that this doesn't get lost because that's kind of how I felt back in the day like there was some movement and then it just stopped um so it seems like shit's getting done and people are being quote-unquote canceled but you just got to watch your back you know and it also reminds me of um my experience before this all happened I remember going to a show which I'm fairly certain I talked about on here before but uh me and my friend Yala went to this show at the 7th street at um first avenue in Minneapolis and it was back in 2014 I think but the artist you know I don't have the energy to, like, say their name, but you can message me. Um, their trademark is, like, Marlboro cigarettes and denim. So put the two together. I don't know. Um, but it was, like, kind of just my first eye-opening event into um, being a fan and then moving towards, like, a skeptical, like, hmm, like, who who are these people, you know? So we got to the venue super early you know we were in line and we get in and suddenly the whole room is packed um it was a small smaller venue first staff and we we realized it was sold out but we were at the front of the stage and the stage was super low and the people came on and you know it was crazy it was like a mosh pit and if, I'm not anti Moshpit, just to be clear, but for this specific artist, it was the dumbest shit I've ever seen. And at that show, you know, her and I were kind of holding it down in the front as people were pushing up against us. You know, I was groped at that show by some nasty dude, um, you know, all wearing Marlboro hats. Um, I remember turning to this guy who was behind my friend like almost like grinding on her and she was just clearly uncomfortable and I'm like I told the guy like you better not touch my friend and he's like oh this girl and just kind of like made a mockery of me I'm like fuck you you know and then yeah it just turned to this mosh pit and we were kind of being pushed to the front so much that all of our knees were like touching the stage you know um and the guy was like hanging from the ceiling you know like just going all crazy people were actually bumping into the amps and the musicians were like kicking them back like closer to the edge of the stage it was that crazy and i remember seeing a guitarist or something kind of looking over at the lead man being like what like you gotta like settle this down but he was just like on this cloud nine ego trip, like, ah, people love me. So at the end of the night, um, my friend, y'all, and I, we were waiting for the bus, but the corner, it was pretty late. It was not like the best place to be, it was kind of a rough corner. So we were back at the front of the venue, just sitting down, and this guy came out. Um, young kid just so enthused and he was telling us how he just sold the band like acid or whatever and he got this like tray of like uh fucking craft food you know like celery and hummus whatever that the band gave him he's like oh we're gonna go to this party and we're like cool uh (laughs) and i just remember one of the the guys from the band coming out and just starting to talk to us And it was just kind of weird and we were of age, but just something felt like kind of skeezy about it. He was like a grown man, right? And he starts talking about how, you know, like, where do we live? Like, do we need a ride? Like, we can go into his van or whatever. And I just remember kind of looking over and just like the vibe was just bad, you know? Meanwhile, like these musicians think that they're gods and they're going to go party and get fucked up and it just like it hit me we said no and riding back on that um bus I just like it just was tainted you know like to idolize a, some a band or a musician or artist or whatever and then to realize like that was a weird situation and like We both came home, at least for me, like my knees were black and blue, just like totally bruised. Um, And it was this duality of like feeling kind of enthused, like, wow, like my knees are fucked up. Like that's a crazy night. But also knowing that something was off. And then now being me, just being like, whoa, like that was just. So fucked up, you know, like just some creepy dude trying to pick up these young girls because I don't know, they think that that were groupies or something, you know, so definitely like a bittersweet night. And now that I'm older, I can recognize like what I was feeling was something that I'd be feeling for the rest of my life, you know, and going through these terrible experiences after that just because as a society I feel like we really glorify these musicians um and it's like picking apart what it means to be a fan you know and how to choose who you support but you know you can do all that you can do and then still the collective just like puts these people up on pedestals you know what I mean so it just like brought me back to all of those memories and how everything was tainted but in general, I don't know, I've, um, just been trying to, like, reel it in, I've been watching this show called I May Destroy You, which a lot of people have been watching, it's brand new, um, and I didn't even realize that that show was about sexual assault, but basically, um, I don't know the way that they approach the matter. It's you know the character's funny and she's kind of relatable, um, you know, has this like weird internet career. She's like Twitter famous or whatever, and but also experiencing this assault and just having to go through the motions of life, dealing with those traumas and also dealing with your friends. And someone on Twitter described it as like, like how. <laughs> like heart-wrenching it is because they'll like show something traumatic or show the character going through something and then cut to the next scene and that is exactly how life is you know like we all go through messed up stuff and then next day we go to work or like you know something new happens in our life and nothing ever fully gets you know resolved so yeah um I'm gonna take a break because that was my, my little rant. Um, but I love this song, it's new to me. Um, this is Strawberry Switchblade from 1985 with Go Away. Enjoy. The strawberry switchblade with go away beautiful song um yeah just slowing it down slower down you know like i said before it's all about self-preservation um so some of the things that i've been doing besides being addicted to neopets (laughs) um to just kind of calm myself. I've actually been turning my phone off. What a concept. Uh, I actually, I do turn my phone off when I go to the movie theater, TBT. Um, won't be doing that for a while, but yeah, it was really powerful to me. I was just kind of getting wrapped up, wrapped up in a bunch of stuff and i turn my phone off and have been watching movies that way and it's so great because i'm not like going on different apps or you know just being distracted like even looking at the weather app like i don't know what's wrong with me um but i've seen some good movies that way recently because sometimes it's kind of a struggle for me to sit down and watch something um but i watched mysterious skin again just because the topic of it uh really does resonate with what's going on um you guys know gregoraki stan so we love we support um but this movie is about two boys um one is kind of this like hustler and it's he's played by joseph gordon levitt and he's super cute um and then there's also another boy who thinks he's abducted by aliens um and that's his character is played by brady Corbet, who i love who's now you know he was in like 13 and he's transitioned into directing and i love vox lux which is a movie that he did so um but yeah it's one of my all-time favorite movies probably my favorite um but it's also just been interesting you know watching those movies again just with different insight about trauma um, but also just like I love the secondary characters you know his best friends and that whole idea of like riding around in the cars and just like wanting to get out of like this podunk town and how supportive your friends are um and how much love there is there like it's just so beautiful um yeah i i really love that that's something that's always on my mind it's definitely a heavy heavy watch but it's so interesting to watch if you've seen his older films because it's such like a somber take on his kind of punk um i don't know way of filmmaking so beautiful movie always stan um another movie i watched was black orpheus from 1959 um which it's been on my watch list but um yeah it's such a great film i posted some screen caps because i took like over a 100 it's so beautiful um but it's set in brazil kind of at the carnival time and it's that classic greek tragedy um retelling and it's it was filmed by a french director um and there's been sort of like hot takes about the movie um and like basquiat like that was a huge influence for him but then also obama wrote about it uh i guess in one of his books which i haven't read but talking about like otherness you know and how like that film was his his mom's favorite and she took him to the movies i think when he was in college um and he didn't even want to sit through it because he saw the way his mother is white um he his take was that he could see her like falling in love with these characters like it's a very lush and beautiful Movie, but it's also surrounded by poverty and kind of these tragic elements, you know, um, spiteful, vengeful elements as well. And he thought that, like, he didn't want to sit through it um, because he perceived his mother viewing it as, like, how she wanted to, um, how she, like, desired this other culture, if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I'm not Obama so I won't claim to know, you know, his exact thoughts. But regardless, it's a really fantastic film to watch and it's actually on YouTube. So I'm going to leave that um, link below in the show notes because I think everyone should see it. Um, Yeah, so that was a favorite of mine. And then I watched Too Hot to Handle from 1960, which is kind of like a, I don't know if I can say like sexploitation, it's not quite that, but it stars uh, Jane Mansfield, who I love, and my other happy place besides the casino is the cemetery, uh, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, because there's um kind of like a tribute marker, I'm not quite sure what they're called, but This grave for Jane Mansfield, who was kind of this popular, um, voluptuous, blonde actress who kind of eclipsed Marilyn Monroe when she was kind of going off the grid. You know, Jane would kind of step in and take those parts, Um, but she was often like vilified for just kind of, like, mocking Marilyn, but more so just the, in general, like, the general dumb blonde um, trope, you know, and she was a brunette, she dyed her hair, she had this amazing, you know, high IQ, and um, she just, like, worked it, like, she worked that advantage, um, and unfortunately, she died um, in a really tragic, car accident um and Mariska Hargitay from Law and Order SVU Olivia Benson um she is her daughter and she was actually I think she's a baby but she was in the car at the time and um both Jane and then this male figure I think maybe it was her divorce lawyer or something. Sorry, I do not know. Um, died as well, and they hit a semi, and the car basically went under. So, because of that, um, if you notice on trucks, they have like this bar that is below the the cab. <laughs> Obviously, I'm a I'm a truck girl. I'm a I'm a car girl. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, just to prevent. Cars from basically sliding underneath these huge, huge semis. So, really sad, but the cemetery is beautiful, and I just kind of wanted to touch, you know, pay my respects, and just it's like a touchstone when I go there. So, yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to answer a couple questions. This episode is pretty long, so forgive me. Um, nice, some clutch people uh desert roads will you ever write slash direct a movie if so what would it be about i'm very much a behind the scenes kind of gal but never say never um i've always had an idea uh for a script um based off of my experiences from working at a thrift store which was like some of the wildest times in my life so we'll see i just don't want to speak about it too much um, Ace.com said, "Do you have holiday escape plans despite these hard times? I just want to get to the woods, honestly. Like, LA is cool and all, but I just miss like smelling fires and pine trees. And I do eventually have to go back to Utah, cause I have some stuff in storage there. So." Um, I'll probably have to do that before the pandemic ends, but, uh, you know, I'm pro-quarantine, but definitely the idea of, like, camping and just getting out is very, very appealing to me right now. Um, okay, last question, Caitlin Tiff Art says, what's your favorite Christina Ricci role? Also, thank you for the films you've recommended with her. Thank you. Um, yeah well the one that i mentioned prozac nation she's very strong in and jessica lang is in that um icon so i want to rewatch that because it's been like the last time i watched that was probably like early college or maybe high school um michelle williams is in that as well but that was just the performance that really wrecked me from her so i love that but also i love 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 um now and then like <laughs> It's just a classic Leslie Link Gladder is amazing. She actually has posted like a a masterclass on Sundance um, if you go to their website about I think writing and directing. Um, she's just so sweet. I met her once and yeah, I just love that movie and Christina' is just always great at playing those kind of tougher roles and her future self is played by rosie o'donnell which is crazy and i love it so um yeah so that's the episode i hope it wasn't too heavy but you know do what you gotta do obviously i'm here for you guys if you're going through stuff and you know it's a dog eat dog world but just keep yourself safe and keep your friends safe you know and figure out what's best for you like for me right now like every day is up and down but you know i'm figuring out ways just to kind of like surrender to myself and just realize that like i'm out of that time in my life and if you aren't there yet like you're gonna get there you know so i'm gonna play the last song from 1988 by suicide And this is Surrender. Enjoy.
1: The good ones I'll never know About you I surrender I surrender To you I surrender